I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Tashawn Reed, and Vic and Tashawn got to actually physically put eyeballs on football players here on Wednesday. You actually got to see like, they're, they're real football players in person. Just kind of take us through, uh, the, starting with you, Tashawn, the, the experience of it for you, your first training camp practice. For Vic, the first one in the new facility, just what, what was... Uh, impressions and just kind of what was the vibe on the first day of really the first day of the Las Vegas Raiders media getting to see them practice in the new facility. Yeah, I mean, the, the process for us get to, to get started has been going for a few days with our testing that we had to pass, our COVID testing. You have to get your temperature checked at the gate. Then when you walk into like the media room, you have to like scan a QR code and get your temperature checked again. And you get like this tracker, of course, you have to have a mask on. So it's like all these steps. So I kind of felt like, I guess, a little bit of what the players have to go through every day, I, I assume, when they when they show up there. But just seeing the facility, I mean, I, I've driven past it since I've been living here, but being able to see the inside of it when the guys were stretching, it just kind of really grabs your attention with all the lights and everything. Obviously, it's brand new. It smells new. But yeah, it was cool just to actually see, like you said, some, some football players not wearing pads, but at least wearing helmets in person. I hadn't covered anything in person since March. Um, I think it's been longer for Vic, but even then, it, it just felt like a super long time. So yeah, it was just good to get back out there. And, um, you know, they, they did it early enough to where it wasn't too hot out here in Vegas. So that was a, a plus two. We started at 730. I think we were off the field at nine. I checked it was about 88 degrees at nine o'clock. Uh, later on at the facility around noon, it was 102. So definitely got them off the field at the right time. Uh, it was kind of cool seeing the, the brand new building from the inside. The, uh, the indoor practice field is pretty awesome. It's got uh, all the bells and whistles you want. And it just looks like... Uh, like a real, like live, you know, big time NFL program, which the Raiders have not always been. So uh, the players are very excited watching practice. Yeah, it was good to watch football again. It's just guys playing catch at this point, guys running around. So not too exciting, but um, just got to look at some of the, uh, you know, the raw ability of guys and catching punts and running some routes. So uh, yeah, that's another, another step in the right direction. I mean, uh, it definitely was uh, good to be out there. There's some new rules though, right? Like you can't do videos after stretching and you can't live tweet like we used to be able to do. Yeah, that's a big one. The live tweeting is a big one because I'm definitely a big time live tweeter. And, uh, uh, but uh, no, so you can't do that. When You can take pictures and a couple of tweets when they're stretching indoors. But once they go outside for the actual practice, and I guess it'd be the same way on the days it's too hot and they stay inside for the practice, once the stretching is over, you can't tweet and you can't take pictures. So there'll be a um, like a pool of uh, Raiders taking pictures you can shoot, you can use for on a website, which we'll be able to share at some point. But that's it though, as far as photos go from, from practice. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, for fans, probably the disappointing part, because that is, you know, when we get into August, we always kind of joke about it out there while we're, you know, tweeting about what's well, a random play or whatever. But I mean, for the fans back home that don't get to watch these practices and back, you know, in, in the Napa days, you know, you'd get a couple hundred or whatever fans that would get to come out every practice, uh, the season ticket holders. But now with none of them out there, they did kind of live and die for all those little uh, highlight tweets and, and stuff like that and, and all the little reports about oh this guy made a great catch and whatnot so they will miss that that's for sure yeah and even some of the more nuanced stuff like we can't report like formations i believe in the ones that they use so they might have a a cool lineup or a player playing out of position and we just can't even write about it so it's pretty much on lockdown compared to to what i'm used to i think that was always kind of one of them that was like officially in the rule there was there was always 
rules that we kind of mostly followed, but you know, you didn't always follow them by the letter, but we'll see how, how that all goes. But obviously part of the news of the day is, you know, we knew Max Crosby was on the reserve COVID-19 list. And so he was not out there, but uh, the two guys that were a little bit of a surprise to not be out there running back Josh Jacobs and right tackle Trent Brown, two pretty important guys that, uh, that both were not out there for the first day that you guys got to see practice. Yeah, I kind of picked up on that pretty quickly, just watching the way it was set up, the offense. We were stuck on one sideline, and the offense was, was playing to our sideline. So that was most of the personnel that I got to see. And like just looking at the running back groups, I, I saw that Josh Akers wasn't there. And then looking a little bit closer at the offensive lineman, I noticed there wasn't a guy that looked like he was 6'8", 380 pounds. So I was <laughs> checking the numbers. And, um, you know, when we asked John about it, he was a little it's kind of unclear what exactly was, was going on. But I think once we got to talk to, to Josh, you know, it's something that their trainers are doing. They're sort of rotating certain players. I'm not sure how many players it'll be a day or, or, you know, how often players will have to rotate out. But I'm assuming it's some sort of protective measure in response to, to COVID-19 to try to keep, you know, just being frank. I mean, some of their bigger name guys out of harm's way as much as they can. And Trent Brown was seen on the premises later on by another reporter who was getting tested. So Paul Gutierrez from ESPN saw Trent. So he was there just like Josh was just taking, um, I guess he's, these trainer days off from the actual on-field practice stuff. Trent had a couple, you know, kind of, he often tweets just kind of words that you're not really sure what they mean, but I know he did have a retweet earlier. Somebody had tweeted about how schools can't decide if they want to have in-person classes or not, but y'all want athletes to risk it all because why? And I know that had me wondering if he was maybe, even though the deadline's passed, if he was kind of having second thoughts about the season, but doesn't sound like there's anything to worry about there. And um, we all know that this is going to be a different kind of training camp. You know, we're not going to have the same kind of judgments and, you know, kind of reactions when guys aren't at practice because it's just, it's such a different thing. We didn't, we didn't have that off season. There's going to be a lot more maintenance days, you would have to think. Are you allowed to say whether David Sharp was the one that was playing in his place while he was out? I'm not sure, but yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't think we technically are, but he was. <laughs> okay, that's good to know that he's the main swing tackle coming into the season, competition at least over. the initial part. Yeah. If we get kicked out tomorrow, it's just your fault. <laughs> what were your kind of day one impressions beyond just, just being out there? I mean, did, did anybody, I mean, I know, like we said, they're just in shells, no pads yet. Um, did, did anybody stand out? Uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar, obviously, was one of the guys that talked to the media. And, and Vic has been really kind of riding that, that Aguilar train for a while, telling people not to forget about him. Any first impressions, Vic, about Aguilar? Yeah, he had a real nice, uh, one nice catch. And John gave him a lot of love uh, out loud. So I think... Um, you can see why Gruden likes him, definitely a Gruden guy. And I think the other guys all flash at times. Like, you know, all the receivers made some plays, and I think you can see why they're high on both Ruggs and Edwards. Uh, at one point in that Zoom today, uh, Aguilar said that uh, Edwards has some of the best hands he's ever seen in his life. So pretty good compliment from a guy that's been around the league for a while. So definitely a lot of buzz of those guys, and you can kind of see why. They're definitely both uh, very impressive. Yeah, I think for me, uh, Tyrell Williams, just seeing him in person for the first time, uh, he was a little bit bigger than I expected. But also, I mean, obviously, I, I can't tell how he's feeling, but it didn't seem like he was moving awkwardly or had any pain with his feet. So it seems like he's back healthy, which is a big plus. Like like Vic said, not too much happened today. and Only so much is going to happen when you don't have pads on. But I think there was one instance where uh, Coach Gruden, they were like throwing routes on the air and he got pretty riled up at something. I didn't see exactly what he was mad at, but he was already pretty engaged. So. Even though pads aren't on yet, they got a little bit of energy out there. Did you see uh, Lynn Bowden get any reps at running back? Yeah, he was working with the the running backs group the whole time from what I saw. They did have all the the running backs in addition to obviously taking carries. 
you know, doing a lot of route running drills. I know that's something that Greg Olson has emphasized is wanting to get them more involved. And, you know, Bowden kind of naturally, you know, being a receiver in Kentucky in his first few years, uh, he looked pretty smooth. He didn't look awkward or anything taking carries. So it seems like he's picking it up pretty quickly. And most of the drills were just the players in their own individual position groups. So it wasn't too much interaction actually running a place today. It's mostly just like sometimes you have the quarterbacks throwing the receivers or the quarterbacks throwing to their running backs. But pretty much it was just two positions at once doing a drill. But it wasn't with a lot of uh, interactive stuff. You know, the whole thing last year with Josh Jacobs is, you know, we expected him to be a guy that came into the year and would make an impact running the ball and also catching the ball. That had been in his repertoire at Alabama. And, and really, as the season went along, we kept wondering, like, why aren't they getting him the ball more? I remember asking Gruden about it one time and him saying, yeah, we need to get him more involved in the passing game. And, and it just never happened. He had 20 catches. Well, today he said he expects to get 60 this year. Vic, uh, is that a realistic number for him? I think so. I think it sounds good. I mean, it all, all depends on, uh, you mentioned uh, Bowden and, and Jill and Richard, how much they work they get. But I think the plan is definitely to, to use them a lot, to use them both in running the ball and catching the ball. And uh, he's up for it, definitely has the skill set. We saw his, his soft hands in practice last year at a camp. So I think last year, I mean, maybe at first they're trying to get him involved more in terms of working on his pass blocking. They're kind of concerned about him in that way. But I think as the year went on, the reason they didn't use him more catching the ball was because of his shoulder injury. If we're going to play him, Let's just use them, you know, on the places that run the ball. And other players will bring in Jalen Richard. So I think definitely the plan is to use them more uh, in many different ways this year. He wants to triple his catch total from last season. That's a lot. But I think I saw a quote from either Gruden or Olsen talking about Jacobs needing to learn how to run better routes. So, you know, obviously he could catch. He has good hands. He's not one of those running backs where you have to worry about him, you know, tipping the ball up for interception or anything because of uh, Butterfingers. You know, he has solid hands, but I think it takes some time learning the nuances of route running, learning, you know, those option routes, when to break in and out, which Richard was so good at. So maybe that's something that he really worked on this offseason and it might pay dividends if he could really improve that catch total. Yeah, he said that in addition to, you know, running the running back routes that you typically see, he's been working on sort of more things that receivers do, you know, like trying to figure out best ways to get off the line of scrimmage or how to stack or you know, how to break once he gets vertical up the field and, and do some deeper routes. And so it sounds like he's been working on it, you know, throughout the offseason. Obviously, we didn't get the chance to see that, but, you know, hopefully we get, to, get the chance to see that, you know, as camp continues. You know, you obviously have to consider a guy like Jalen Richard is a, a pass-catching weapon. I mean, he's caught 80% of the targets that have been thrown his way in four seasons. Just two years ago, he had 68 catches for 607 yards. So, I mean, that is always going to slightly decrease how many balls you can throw Jacobs' way because they do trust Richard as as a receiver, as a route runner. I mean, he's a guy that I think has proven to be, you know, very smart, has a lot of football savvy, and, and really can add to the, the offense with the way he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Because if Jacobs becomes a legit receiving threat which was you know part of his scouting report coming out of Alabama like you mentioned that could put him in towards that like peak Le'Veon Bell type of territory just because you know we saw what he could do on the ground and if he could live up to his potential as a receiver at the backfield that you know that just puts him in, a, in another tier of uh, running backs. He did say like last year he gave himself a, a grade of a B last year and he said that he thought there's a lot of yards left on the field last year. So I think both running the ball and catching the ball, it seems like there's a lot more he thinks he can do uh, this season. All right. Well, Vic, uh, you were a pretty vocal opponent of the Jason Witten signing. You criticized it. You said, why are they giving this guy $4 million to come in and be a leader? But you kind of admitted that you knew once 
Witten would get in there and start talking, and you would just kind of swoon and fall for his act, and and, and you fell, right? <laughs> swoon? Is that you swear swoon? Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, definitely. I was, you know, he said there are all the right things and things I knew he was going to say, but I mean, the guy's been in the league for 16 years, so obviously he can teach some of the players on his team a few things. I think. Um, how much does he have left on the field? I mean, enough. He's not going to be a main cog of the weapon, but be a red zone target. It'll be a guy who can give him some different looks and three tight end looks. So I think um, just in terms of leadership and in terms of making other tight ends better and other guys, like the running backs better in O-line, input he'll have on, on certain plays and what he looks at, things in the playbook, how he studies and how he prepares for practice. Those are all big deals. So I think it's $4 million. Bucks. $4 million bucks is not much. So I think uh, in the end, it's probably going to be fine. Probably the biggest concern from Raider fans after his signing was, you know, they saw how well Foster Moreau played last year. You know, he got injured late, so he only played 13 games, 21 catches, but he had five touchdowns. He was a very effective red zone guy. Are they still going to have enough of a role for Foster Moreau, even with Witten taking some of those uh, red zone targets away? I think so. I think they love Moreau a lot, too. So I, I think that was the one when I questioned the Witten signing in the first place was because I'd heard Moreau's rehab was going really well, and it has. He's pretty much back to where he should be. So, you know, they love tight ends. So, I mean, really, they're going to have four tight ends, and they're going to make it work. Derek Carey is a guy they like a lot also in terms of teams play, and you can do different things in a different formation. So they're going to go with four guys. I think definitely Waller and, and Moreau will be the top two guys, but there should be enough work for, uh, for both Witten and for Carrier. Yeah, we know how much Gruden likes those two and three tight end sets. So, I mean, it's not like he necessarily has to, to pick one to put on the field at any given time. You know, since he used so many, you know, 12, 13 personnel, when one guy goes down, at least they have some depth at the position they can still put together a quality two tight end, three tight end set if one of them does go down with an injury. Yeah, I mean, what team can throw out a guy like Derek Carrier as the fourth string tight end, right? I mean, to have a, a veteran experienced tight end to, you know, can play a little bit as as the number four tight end, That's uh, that makes it a pretty impressive group, like you said, Ted. I mean, certainly, if you lose Darren Waller, he's such a difference maker, a game breaker on that offense that that would hurt. But they can really be in position that if, if they were to lose one of those guys, even two maybe, um, they, they're still in pretty decent shape. And you always want guys who, like, I mean, it's a cliche, the whole chip on the shoulder thing, but you want guys who have something to prove. And obviously, Witten, I think he wanted to stay in Dallas. I think the new coaching staff, he didn't quite see eye to eye. So he wants to show he has something left. So, I mean, he's got a new uh, new team, a new look. He shaved his head. He's kind of a bad boy now, so we'll see what he can do. But I think it's good. It's, um, I think he has the right mindset, the right approach. So I think it, uh, it looks like it'll be a good fit. He did have the shaved head with Dallas last year, though, Vic. So it did. Uh, see, I wasn't did. watching him last year. So never mind. I, I won't. I'll stop. I'll stop mentioning that. You got to read your own story from the other day, where we've got a picture of him in his Cowboys uniform with the shaved head. I uh, missed the picture. Huh? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> now a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Jimmy Durkin here, and I want to talk to you all about Fubo TV. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Fubo TV will not disappoint. You want to know all you can about your favorite team. There's no preseason games. Training camp is different. Everybody is stuck at home still trying to figure out how they're going to get through 2020. Well, Fubo TV is going to keep you updated on your favorite teams as well as deliver local broadcast news. Check out their family plan. You can get three people to watch all at once. There's also their standard base plan with two screens at once. We can get you 15% off your first month and you get 30 hours of DVR storage. There's local broadcasts. There's NBC Sports included on your national feed. Yes, it's tough times for lots of folks right now, but if you want to save money, $50 is a lot more affordable than other cable providers. 
So go to fubo.tv slash athletic and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's fubo.tv slash athletic. Start your first month today. Now a quick word from Indochino. The Raiders did add another former Cowboy, a guy who did not play last year, but a former first-round pick, defensive lineman, Dayton Jones. Uh, Rod Marinelli just keeps bringing in these former Cowboys to compete on that defensive line. Uh, any thoughts, observations, impressions on, on this signing? I haven't watched him much at all, but it just shows how much power Marinelli has being able to bring all his you know guys, project guys, into this team. And uh, they really listen to him and uh, respect his opinion, even you know with the personnel. I'm a jaded person, so I always look at the worst possibilities first. And I think my first reaction was that maybe Max Crosby's not going to be back as soon as people will think he will be back from the COVID thing. So that's my first reaction. So hopefully I'm wrong, but that was my first thing I thought of. Well, way to bring the whole podcast down. <laughs> it could be like a situation like when Devontae Booker got placed on the list and then they signed Jeremy Hill and then he got cut like two days later. So I wouldn't read too much into it. It could just be covering their bases until – Max gets back, but Vic could be right too. I mean, we don't honestly like we don't know with this thing. You know, there's no guarantee that guys bounce right back from it. That's why Bruton, when we asked him today, you know, he was very non-committal with it. He just said he doesn't know, but he's hoping for the best. So, what's kind of next on the agenda over the next few days for the Raiders? How long until they get into pads? What are the expectations for the next few days of camp as it starts to continue to ramp up? Yeah, I think their first day in pads will be the 17th. I believe that's Monday. Um, until then, you know, like Vic said, it's mostly guys running around, just getting active. But Gruden did have three primary things he wanted to focus on in this time. Um, scheme, you know, not having spring camp and, and some of the normal stuff they would have going into the summer. They're really drilling in, particularly with the new guys, making sure the scheme in, in terms of on-field work is, is being translated, making sure fundamentals are sound. And then, you know, the one that's less practical but probably matters is, is camaraderie. You know, making sure guys are able to bond and be close. And Jacob spoke to that a little bit today with the running backs room. He said he had them over for dinner recently. Just team bonding as safe as they possibly can. So those are the three things that, that Gruden pointed out. And hopefully we'll see some more drills, like some more seven-on-seven drills, some more maybe, you know, one-on-one drills. We can see how guys look. I mean, the new linebackers are obviously a big deal. And just kind of see how the new pieces look in, in this puzzle. All right, well, let's take some questions. You guys can send us to them, send them to us on Twitter using the hashtag SOTNMail, or like we've said, you can uh, comment on this week's podcast, and we'll look at them and, uh, and answer next week. So we're going to start with some comments from last week's podcast. We'll start with this one from Gennaro C. Wants to know, will the NFL be able to flex games as in previous years? I mean, I don't believe the flex scheduling has changed, and, and I know with colleges kind of – all backing out there's there's probably been some talk about it might be a smart idea to move some games up to saturday right i saw somebody suggest that um they move the thursday games to saturday that way you know players have a little more time to recover and plus you know with the covid protocols it might take more time and maybe thursday's too quick of uh recovery so i like that idea maybe you move another game to saturday and instead of having a thursday night game you have two on saturday or something like that Give us a 10 a.m., a 1 p.m., and a 5 p.m. Give us three games on Saturday. Might as well. I mean, we'll see if the SEC and Big 12 stick stick to it and, and actually do play this fall. But, I mean, especially if they're not, if it ends up being, like, no college football, why not load us up on Saturday? Yeah, I think the actual ability to flex games wouldn't change because they're done usually with two or three weeks to get notice. So I think you can still do that schedule-wise and not worry too much about the, uh, the challenges that teams would face. Second part of the question from Gennaro, he wants to know, is Ted prison swole yet? 
I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I don't want to, you know, put any flex on IG until I get to a certain point, but I got bigger, according to people in my family. So they could just be uh, being nice to me, but uh, I think I got bigger. I got stronger for sure. I don't want to put any flex on IG yet. That was just said by one of our guys. Okay. That's going to be the uh, the, the pool clip that, uh, that Brian's going to put on Twitter for this. Uh. <laughs> All right. A uh, question here from Eric G. Wants to know, can you guys get some insight on the steal of the draft, Isaiah Johnson? He has an uphill battle this camp, a true wild card. Yeah, I wrote about Isaiah earlier this offseason, just how he came back from his facial fracture uh, last season and then the offseason back surgery he had that was related to an injury he had in college. You know, when I talked to him, that was a couple months ago. He, he was feeling fully healthy and back to it. You know, we really didn't get to see much of him today because they were on, all the way on the other side of the field. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely in a, a tricky spot because he does he's not you know, competing for a roster spot, you know, given the additions that they made at cornerback between Damon Arnett and Amik Robertson and Prince of Mukamara. You know, his spot isn't guaranteed, so he's gonna have to, you know, show that what he displayed last year in camp to have the Raiders so high on him going into that preseason game was justified and he deserves to stick around. Never lost in time for a game with a suspension, one game, but I think it's gonna come down to pretty much uh, Nevin, Isaiah Johnson, and Keyshawn Nixon for one spot. So I, I look at the depth chart, that's what I see. So I think um, the coaches are very high on, on Keyshawn Nixon last year as far as his team's work and his play in the slot. So it's going to be tough for Isaiah. Definitely those, all three of those guys definitely uh, have some pros and cons, but uh, I think only, only one guy makes it from, from what I can tell. He's a bit of an X factor. I mean, we, we talked about it, but he just, he's 6'2", has all the athleticism you need to play corner at a high level. But he really needed a year of some experience. Unfortunately, he lost a lot of time with that facial injury. But I'm really curious to see what he can do. I mean, he was a guy that I was really curious about coming out of the draft. And unfortunately, we didn't see a lot of him last year. All right. Next question here. We're going over to Twitter now. And this question comes to us from the handle is at Mike Mayock Jr., which really, if that's really who this is, he should be able to answer this question better than us. But he wants to know how much would the lack of college football impact Mayock's evaluation process? I would think quite a bit, right? I mean, it, it's going to become, it's going to come down a lot more to relationships that you have with, with coaches that have worked with some of these guys, maybe with agents who can you know set up workouts or kind of show you workouts. I mean, it, we have any idea of kind of how they're going to be able to evaluate these college prospects, obviously going to have to go back to their 2019 film. What do we think this is going to be like for the GMs around the league? It's going to have to go back and watch that uh, 2018 college football playoff game again one more time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They go to all the freshmen on that uh, on that team. You know, even if they're able to put together a spring season, it's just tough to evaluate that quickly leading up to the draft. You know, we'll have to see if they move the draft. I know that's something that they have to work out with the NFLPA, so we just don't know on that front. But, you know, like you said, looking back at 2019 tape, talking on the phone with coaches, you know, how much do you trust the word of that coach? It just comes down to relationships. So it's going to get tricky for sure. And, and, you know, I think this upcoming draft could be one of the most – random that we've seen in quite some time you know even if spring ball does happen i think a lot of the big time players are going to opt out of that because they're going to you know want to spend their time preparing for the draft and the upcoming nfl season but i mean what i could see happen is maybe there will be more than one all-star game maybe they'll have you know because they have the senior bowl which is huge for scouting and um, evaluating players but maybe they'll have two or three of those type of games where guys could showcase their talent. Maybe every conference has their own type of senior bowl. That way you have a whole week to evaluate guys, you know, with top end talent against top end talent to give some film to the evaluators to go with their combine numbers. 
there's the what the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. It's one of the all-star games, I think, down in SoCal. There's the East-West Shrine game. There are a couple other bowl games. Obviously, those don't get nearly as much attention as the Senior Bowl, but I think there are currently like three, maybe even four all-star games, and maybe those are taken a little more seriously. People are paying a little more attention to those um, if they happen. I mean, who knows? Who knows all what how this is all going to go? All right, a question here from Smithers Jones. This is for Tashawn. He says, Tashawn Reed, Oh, he sounds so relaxed, so mellow. What is his secret? Does he ever lose his temper and just start smashing chairs? It's hard for me to imagine him even raising his voice. Tashad, do you ever smash chairs? Nah, man. I'm, I'm pretty chill <laughs> all the time. You know, I'm in Nevada. You know, it's, I'm in Las Vegas. There's not too much to be riled up about. You know, I'm chill, man. It's cool out here. Life's good. Staying in the house. It's 116 degrees. He's not going to spend more energy uh, smashing chairs. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. This went out as hot as practice. And then uh, while Vic, by the way, you know, they, they came by with these nice t shirts and lunch after I left the, the facility. Right when I get on, when I'm about to get on the treadmill to work out, Vic sends me his picture of his lunch. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. So, you know, I get my stuff out at the gym. I always come here after I work out. So I'm already, you know, I already got it released for the day. This one's kind of fun. This is a question here from Justin Searway. He says, Gruden has to start one, cut one, and marry one. And he gives us three names. All wide receivers. So he's going to start one, cut one, and marry one. We've got Rico Gafford, Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar. Vic, who is he starting, who is he cutting, and who is he marrying? <laughs> uh, I was up for a dramatic pause. Um... <laughs> He's going to start uh, Zay Jones because uh, Zay did a lot of offseason work with Derek Carr and then they're in sync. So he'll be the, uh, be the most impact right away if they're starting on week one. Uh, he's going to cut Rico Gafford only because they have speed now and, and rugs. I think Gafford um, doesn't stand out in that regard like he did last year. I think they're going to marry uh, Nelson Aguilar because uh, he loves veterans. He loves to tell stories about the old good old days and I'm sure Nelson has some stories, so they can talk and have some nice long conversations uh, by the fireplace. <laughs> Anybody else have disagreements? Mine's a similar. I say he, he'll start Zay Jones. You know, he traded for him. Zay's got some experience, a little production. But I think he's going to cut Nelson Aguilar after he drops It's his high passes. school sweetheart. <laughs> he's known him since high school. It's a high school sweetheart. He's got to marry him. Gruden's not a loyal guy, man. You drop a few passes, he's, he's going to cut him. He's going to cut him. And I think he's going to marry Rico Gafford. You know, he, I, I've you know heard he, he loved Rico changing positions and, you know, he loves explosiveness. So he marries Rico, cuts Aguilar. All right, final question, and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. This is from Ronnie. Um, wants to know, who do you think this year's Jalen Richard could be? So I, I think he's asking for the super sleeper. You got one practice in, who's the super sleeper? And uh, what do you think? Is there going to be one this year? I mean, <laughs> with no preseason, um, the roster is pretty much set. It's going to be hard. I mean, the guy I was looking forward to hyping up before this all started was, uh, I heard good things about uh, Madre, the um, cornerback, but I don't know if he's going to have a chance to make, make an impression. So um, based on that, undrafted guy who makes the team, Javin to, White's been the the most common. Who's that? Leader. Javin White. Javin yeah, White. I, don't, I don't see that one. I think that's. I think he for me, he's a guy that makes too much sense practice squad wise. You can have him get bigger in the squad, and there's no rush. They're playing linebackers now. Um, so therefore, who I have left? Um, I got nobody. I'm saying I'll pass. This is a year where we can't have that bet. 
normally by now we've kind of already established who we've seen really impressed throughout the spring. And plus, you got sixteen spots now in the practice squad. You can definitely stash more guys. Uh, so there's really no. I don't know if there's more motivation to keep a guy who may not play a lot, you know, like the roster. I wonder what waiver claims are going to be like. Are people going to be as aggressively claiming a guy off waivers? And then how, you know, does he got to go through the a few days of testing before he can join your team? It- Deshaun, you got one? You got a super sleeper for us? Uh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no undrafted guys. I mean, maybe, like I said, maybe Javon White. He got the Gruden shout out before, like, practice even started. So maybe, maybe he's the one. All right. Well, Vic, um, no more leaving bananas in your car in 100 and plus degree heat. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I mean, that was obviously a bad mistake and it got, uh, it got roasted. I mean, good, luckily it's like a 25 cent mistake, so it can't be that got, bad of a people mistake. People got vested. The people were really caring about that banana. I got like banana bread suggestions, like plantains. <laughs> like you can do that. I mean, hard ideas to use sunburned bananas with. So um, I guess that was all worth it, I guess. Can we start a new trend on Twitter where you try to cook things in your car? Oh, that's not a bad idea. Can we get him a frying pan and put an egg on there and see what it looks like when he comes back at the end of the day? I actually may do that. I'm, I'm putting that down <laughs> on my list of yes. ideas. Yes. yes. Idealist. Is... Cooking food <laughs> in the car. Obviously, he doesn't care about the smell. <laughs> We're not going to commit you to have to eat it. Well, I mean, he could like put it on the top of the car. You gotta try it. You gotta I'm try not gonna, take a bite I'm not gonna it. force him to have to eat it. I, mean, <laughs> I did try on. a bite of the banana. People oh, told me were like, um, it was uh, Caroline uh, Frazier just got married. She said, uh, she was said you gotta take a bite. So I took a bite, and it wasn't good. I mean, it definitely had been. Uh, it was kind of uh, very mushy, kind of a little brown. It wasn't bad. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't something I want to take more than one bite of for science reasons. Let's do an egg. I think we can let him fry it out like on the top of the car. Like, put a pan, put the egg in there, leave it there when he goes heads into practice, and see what it looks like when he comes back. Uh, I bet it'll be cooked. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on this. I'm gonna talk to the to the Raiders security guys. I'm sure I'm not doing something. I'm gonna get in trouble for it. But, uh, <laughs> just I mean, just have them aware that like, hey, there's there's an egg on top of my car. Hey man, it's it's just, a frying pan in my car in case you walk by <laughs> and see that. But it's, it's all good. Don't worry about it. All right, guys. Well, hey, enjoy the next few days of practice. By the time we chat again, you hopefully will have seen some padded practice, maybe a little seven on seven, a little more scrimmaging, kind of have some more observations to talk about. And uh, we'll keep on plugging away as uh, as, as training camp rolls on and, and this long wait for football uh, continues. All right, guys. Take care. Talk to you later. See you guys.